when this lesson was started was found in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 24. Amen. And if you want to get go there, I'll give you a moment to get there. Go ahead and start. Amen. I had to have somebody up there to get me on the recording. Amen. So that Sister Bell and others can hear this. So, amen. Amen. God is so good. Amen. His word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide asunder the soul and the spirits and of the joints and the marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the Word of God is powerful. Amen. If you didn't know it, it was the Word of God that saved you. Amen. Somebody planted the Word in your, in your heart. Amen. And God dealt with it. Does anybody else need one of these lessons? Okay. Anybody else? Okay. I've got a couple extra ones up here. Amen. Praise God. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24 and says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Amen. So when we became Christ, we crucified our flesh. We laid our flesh down. We laid our old man down and we said, No more. I'm done with you. Lead me around the wrong way. Amen. So we killed that old man. We put him in the grave. Amen. It's kind of like in the military when you went through boot camp and you got your mind straightened out or they got your mind straightened out, you started to walk a different way. You started to talk a different way. You started to act a different way. And you were not allowed to veer back to that old way. Right? Am I right? All you military people, you had to walk the straight and narrow path. Amen. And, you know, after a while you do that long enough, and it wasn't very long, right after boot camp into AIT or whatever you, they call your training, by the time you got to that point, it was pretty much automatic. You didn't have any, nobody had to remind you that you had to get up for PT. Nobody had to remind you that you had to put your uniform on right and it had to be clean and pressed. And, and back in my day, we had to have our boots spit shined and, and all those things. And so it's really no different. You know, the, the title of this, this lesson is Christian Soldiers in Christ. Amen. And so we are just like that. Amen. We have decided, you know, I, I can remember the day I walked up to that recruiter's office door and it was a glass door and I could see inside all the guys in there busy doing their thing in uniform. And I, as I went to push the door open at 24 years old, I said, I cannot believe I'm doing this. (laughs) And the rest is history, but it was the best thing I ever did. Amen. Amen. It helped me. It, it kind of got me on a straight path. It got me got me to get my mind right and and all those things. And so when I when I reached the age of thirty years old and I was confronted with this truth, this message of salvation, pretty much the same thing happened. I was sitting in my home and my quarters, and I and I was looking at all the things I was doing in my life, and I was looking at what I was being taught and what 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 I've heard and all these things and I was kind of weighing it kind of like I was at that recruiter's office weighing should I walk in or should I should I just turn around and go home but I made the decision and I, I was going to leave this world behind 
And so that's what we're doing here today. That's what we're doing here in the house of God, wherever that might be. Every time we come to the house of God, every time we open that book in the morning, when we wake up, when we go to prayer, when we go to reading God's Word, that's what we're doing. Amen? We are, we are walking a different walk. We are living a different way. Amen? Old friends don't treat me like they used to since I laid my burdens down. We sing that song. Friends don't treat me like they used to. They don't know how to treat you. <laughs> Some of them I had to say, look, if you're not coming this way that I'm going, then we can't be friends. And some of them didn't want to come this way, and they didn't want to continue to be my friends. So I had, I had to choose Jesus over my friends and say, well, the Lord was, is going to take care of that. And it was a tough it was a tough gig for about the first six months in church because I really didn't know anybody in church yet. So it was kind of that where I didn't have my worldly friends anymore and I really didn't know anybody in the church. But, you know, the Lord just took care of that. You know, my church became my family. Amen. We are family. Amen. And so we're going to pick up on page four where it says, let's look at three ways to control the flesh. This is where Brother Parker left off a couple Wednesdays ago. So everybody want to get there. Amen. Let's look at three ways to control your flesh. That's our biggest problem is our flesh. Can anybody in here say amen? Amen. This old flesh just gets in your way. Amen. He don't want to stay down in the grave. Right? Well, that's why we fast. Keep this flesh under control. The Bible doesn't... We don't fast to twist God's arm. We don't fast to get God's attention. We fast so that we can get our flesh... If, if, if we can just push a plate away for one meal or two meals and tell our flesh, you're not in control. I am. No. That's not... That's not... No. Don't agree with that. God's in control. Flesh, and and the only way I know that I can hear from God is when I start killing this flesh. Amen. When I can start drawing close to Him, when I'm not thinking about food and I'm not thinking about all the things that bring me pleasure, that's when I can draw close to God. That's when He can draw close to me. Amen. And so we're going to talk about the things that we can do to control the flesh. Number one is to set your affections on things above. Can I get somebody to read Colossians 3, 1 and 2 for me, please. Just jump up there or jump in there or go right ahead. And if you all want to just be diligent and proactive and start getting those other scriptures ready, I might just call on somebody to read another one. Yes, ma'am. Amen. The Amplified Bible says, set your minds and keep them set. Once you get it set, keep it that way. As far as the things as far as the things of the world are concerned. So once you've settled your mind, this is how I'm going to live. Let's just keep it that way. Don't be waffling back and forth. Just stick to your guns, stick to your original plan. Amen. And so, 
we're going to talk about some some areas concerning setting your affections on things or setting your mind on things above. Amen. Not on things beneath. What are your affections? The Bible talks about affections and lusts, things that kind of make you feel good. You know, I, I kind of I was working in a daycare today doing a fire inspection, and all oh, this one little voice started talking to me about peanut butter and jelly, and I said, "Oh man, I love peanut butter and jelly." And he looked up at me like, no, you don't. I said, yes, really, I do. I said, I really, that's my favorite thing is peanut butter and jelly. And he just scratched his head. And that's one of my, you know, that's kind of like one of those things. You know, that's one of my affections. Do I eat peanut butter and jelly all the time? No. I'd look like a big old jar of peanut butter if I ate peanut butter and jelly all the time. But I like it. But you can't always have the things you like all the time. Amen. You can't always feed that flesh all the time. Amen. It'll get out of control. Consider what you think on. Philippians 4 and 8. And if you could read 9, whoever's reading that. Jump in there. Amen. So we have kind of a, a pathway here, amen. The, the Word of God is so rich and full of all, all that we need. As Brother Parker says many times from this, from this area, that, that everything we need is in this book. Every answer to everything that you need. And there, right there in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, there, there right there is, is some perfect examples of how if you'll just follow those precepts right there in that scripture, you will not get off the path. Amen. You will be able to, to keep your affections under control. Amen. And so the next one is to stay alert. Amen. We're talking about being Christian soldiers in Christ tonight. Amen. And so a soldier has to, to be careful what he thinks about. He's got to keep his mind right on the right things when, when he's in battle. He's got to keep his mind focused on his job and on his mission. Amen. And so we, we need to stay alert. Uh, if I could get somebody to read First um, Peter five and eight, okay. Amen. So he was walking about today as I was driving home from work, and I could tell, I could feel it. That, that he was trying to get in my head and trying to trying to mess up my mind and get me thinking about stuff that had nothing to do with God because he just didn't i I have to come to the under to the belief that he didn't want me doing this tonight all right the devil wants to try to upset and disrupt whatever God's doing amen and so I'm just I had to just push past that and fight that amen and you know and the the angel that was trying to deliver the message to Daniel, it took him 21 days because he told, he told Daniel, he said, I was fighting against the prince of this, the prince of Persia. Amen. And so there's princes and principalities in this city that don't want this church here at all. 
and don't want these people in this church here. And he's he's getting upset. Amen. Every time a new soul is added to the kingdom, he gets upset. Amen. And so he is he going to fight against us? Without a doubt. Amen. For your adversary, the devil. Amen. A soldier's got to realize who his adversary is. And he's got to be stay alert. And he's got to understand that his adversary is not going to sleep or rest because he wants to win the battle too. Amen. And so, amen. But greater is he that is in us, what, what's the Bible say, than he that's in the world. Amen. So we, we serve the one that has all authority and power. The devil doesn't have authority and power over God, but he wants you to think he has. Amen. Because that's where he works, in the high place of your mind. Amen. Don't allow others to persuade you to do evil. That's a... Does that happen? If we're not careful, if we're not watchful, can we? Can others get into our head and cause us to do things that we hadn't planned on doing? Could I... Uh, get somebody to read First Corinthians fifteen thirty three, please. Wow. So be careful who you talk with. Be careful who you hang around with. Amen. Amen. Well, that's right. Amen. Communications refers to companions and associates. Be, be careful who you companion and who your companions are and who your associates are and be careful what you allow to come into your your ears because words have power and somebody's speaking some some words into your mind that are not fruitful that, that are not uplifting can bring you down and so you got to be careful who you run around with and who you hang with and who you call your associates because what they say and what they do can corrupt you if you're not careful Amen. Brother Parker has so many times when we were going through back in, uh, I believe it was October, we were going through the book of Proverbs. Amen. We were, we were talking about all the Proverbs and he was saying how you could just about just live off the book of Proverbs. And that's true. Amen. There's so much wisdom and so much knowledge and so much understanding and revelation in this book. If you just if we just read it, amen, it'll jump off the page out at you. It'll speak to you. It'll speak right to where you're at at that moment. Amen. But we got to be in the book. Amen. Don't lean to your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Our problem is we don't want to allow him. We don't want to do that part where it says, In all thy ways acknowledge him. We don't want to allow the Lord to be in complete control of our life. We want to leave our hand on the steering wheel just a little bit. In case he gets distracted or something, we get, we got it. But we don't understand he's got it. He doesn't ever take his hand off the wheel. Amen. But, if we, you know, if we keep sticking our hand on the wheel and try to run the show, he, he'll be a gentleman. He'll take it off there and just let you go down the wrong road a little while until you figure out, I think I shouldn't have turned here. I need to go back. Anybody ever drove past your exit and gone about? I did that the other day with my friend Don driving up to uh, Winnemingo, Minnesota. I didn't get off at the Rockford exit, and I just kept going, and we were driving and talking, and and all of a sudden I see these windmills, all these, and he, I'm going, I don't, because this was like the third day I'd been up there. I said, Don, I don't remember these windmills being. He looked on his GPS. Oh man, we're about. Four miles off the 
beaten path. I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I did one of those U-turns that you're not supposed to do. Because <laughs> he said, well, you could go up here another three miles to this exit and cut straight over and get there. And I said, I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> so you can. it's easy to just get kind of, you know, he and I were talking and I just missed my turn. It's just a little ramp right there, and I just missed it, you know, and and we can get busy. We can get so distracted so easily in our walk with God. We're not careful. you got to follow the GPS, right? The GPS is the Word of God. I know this isn't a Bible, but it's on here. It's the Word of God. you got to follow it. Amen. Be careful of thinking that you know everything. Oh, I got this. I've I've been here before. That's what happened to me. I I done drove up there three times in a row, and then I still missed my turn. Amen. Number two, keep yourself pure. Who wants to read First Timothy five twenty two? Somebody. Whoever gets there first. First Timothy five twenty two. Yeah, the key there was. To protect your holiness, don't 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 be partaking in other people's sins. He's up in the booth. She's down with the kids. So she's she's a busy person. I just I can't keep her nailed down. Amen. So we got to protect our holiness. We got to protect this walk of God that we have. We can't take it for granted that oh now that I'm in the church I can just. Put it in neutral, and I can just glide down the road. We can't. We got to keep it in drive. We got to keep. We got to keep our eye on what we're doing. Don't get distracted. Don't get pulled to the left hand or the right hand. Don't be given. Uh, let me see. A. Don't return to the old ways. Amen. And such were some of you, right? What's that scripture say. But you've been washed, but you've been purified, but you've been justified. God's delivered you from that. God, what, whatever God's delivered you from, I don't know. He delivered me from stuff he didn't deliver you from. And he's going to deliver other people that come in here from things that we've never had a problem with, drugs or whatever it is that in your life that you never had to deal with. But he's delivered every one of us from something, even if we were raised in church. And we never smoked a cigarette and we never drank a beer and we never touched anything like that. He still delivered you from something, from pride or arrogance or or some other, maybe some attitude that you had. He has delivered every one of us from something. And so we've got to maintain that. We've got to keep a hold of that. We've got to protect it. Amen. Protect your salvation. Don't give it up easily. Don't be given to appetite. And wine, we already kind of covered that. Don't be careful what you what appetites that you. Not, I'm not talking about appetite like food. 
I'm talking about your your carnal appetites, those things that bring your flesh pleasure. We got to be careful. Amen. We we can't let ourselves begin to compromise. We got to keep that spirit of compromise away from us. Amen. That's that same spirit problem that Israel had. Amen. They always were looking for a way to say, well, how can I serve God and we still do this over here? Or how can I still serve the Lord and, and kind of do this over here? Amen. It's not like that. And my, my attitude is, is I want to give it to God 110% like I did when I was going to the clubs. Staying out till till they kicked me out of the club at 4 o'clock in the morning. I want to give him everything. I want him to have 100% of my energy, of my life. I don't want to give any of that back over to the world. Amen. Amen. Because if you have half truth, if you have some lie and some truth, it's still a lie. It's not half a lie. It's still a lie. So either I'm going to serve him all the way or I'm not going to serve him at all. We, have to, we, we chose when we came to the altar and repented. We made a choice. We made a decision. When God filled us with the Holy Ghost and we got baptized in Jesus' name, we made a decision. I'm going to do this. And God knew that we might renege on our promise to him. But he still honored our faith anyway. So let's honor what he did for us and stay true to this gospel and this truth. Amen. We got to walk in the Spirit. Amen. I want to go back. Don't think that you can control lust. Somebody please read James 1, 14 and 15. Who? Every man. Does that mean every woman too? That means every human. That's what that means, right? Go ahead. Amen. Once again, guard your thoughts. Guard your actions. Amen. And realize and understand that you can fall. You can easily, unless you keep yourself focused on serving God, unless you keep yourself in the Word, you can easily get let yourself, like I did, get off the path and miss your exit. Amen. So we got to be careful. Amen. We got to guard this thing. And don't don't ever think that you've got a, a handle on this. You have, you know, it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life that gets us. Amen. And so we've got to be careful. Walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 through 18. All right, and could I get someone to read Romans 8 and 14? Amen. And so what's the gist of those scriptures there in that area right there is be led by the Spirit. It was the Spirit of God that was quickening you and tugging on your heart when you were standing in that pew and uh, who knows, you might have had white knuckles trying to hold on to that pew so you didn't have to leave 
and go up to that altar, but eventually you, you gave up and you gave in and you allowed the Spirit to draw you. You allowed the Spirit to lead you to that place and, and you weren't let down. God filled you with the Holy Ghost. You weren't let down. God turned your life around. Amen. So we let the Spirit lead us in the beginning. So let's let's get ourselves in the habit of allowing the Spirit to lead us and not, not, not revert back to letting the flesh lead us. Amen. I want the Spirit of God to lead me. I want to be humbled before Him. I don't want to think that I'm anything. You know, that, that Scripture says in John 15 and 5, Except you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can do nothing. You can't do one thing. You you might be doing stuff, but you really can't really accomplish anything unless you're abiding in him and his word is abiding in you. Amen. And so it's up to each one of us. Amen. You know, we I don't I don't call Sister Linda and wake her up for work every morning and she doesn't call me and I don't Brother Richard doesn't call Brother Parker and wake him up and say, hey, you need to pray. <laughs> you know, we we are all grown people. We get our own self up for work. We get our own self up and put our clothes on. We, we take ourselves to the store if we need something. We don't have to have somebody following us around reminding us how to do these things. So we shouldn't need anybody following us around reminding us that we got to live for God every day, right? Amen. Our pastor should have the confidence and the assurance and the peace that those people that are sitting under him, and I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm just saying this is how I feel as a, as a saint of God sitting where you are. I want a, my pastor to know that he doesn't have to worry about me, uh, that, I, that I'm praying for him, that he, he can count on me to be praying for him and be a prayer warrior and go into battle for him. That's what I want, Amen. So that he, and I, you know, the more I pray for the man of God that's going to preach to me, the more he, God's going to use him to preach to me. Amen. And he needs our prayers because I'm going to tell you, he's fighting some battles. Amen. Amen. But he watches for your soul, the Bible says, as one that has to give an account. And so it's, he's the one that's the anointed one that the, has the unction over this church to bring and feed us. Amen. And I want him to do his very best. I want to hear from heaven. I want him to be the oracle of God to speak what thus saith the Lord to the, to me. Amen. And so that's what I come here when I pray sometimes. I'm, I'm like, I want to pull it out of him. I want to just pull whatever anointing that God has out of him. I need it. I need it. But I want, I want him to know also that he doesn't have to worry about me. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do the things that I need to do. I'm going to walk with God so that he doesn't have to... You know, worry about me in prayer. Amen. Number, uh, Roman numeral three, personal values of a soldier. Amen. Some key, some key personal values. Not all of them, but there's some of them. The first one there is candor. And that word candor is the quality of being frank, open, and sincere. Amen. Proverbs 20, verse 7 and 8. And then we're going to read Exodus 18 and 21. Amen. Exodus eighteen twenty one. 
Amen. As a Christian soldier, we need to have this attitude, this spirit of candor, this frankness. And we need to be willing to stand up for what we believe in, this openness and sincerity, amen, that, that transcends what the world thinks about what we believe. Amen. Because in a lot of cases, the world is depending on us to be that person that has that, that candor, that honesty that says, hey, you're not living right. Because you know what? Somebody told me that one day. And did I want to hear that? Not really. <laughs> not at the time in my flesh, but in my spirit, in my human spirit, I thought, oh, they're right. I just didn't admit it right away to them, but they were right. And so the Lord planted that word in me in those services, and I went back home, and I chewed on that, and I studied it. And it was like, okay, and the word started convicting me. And, and you know, looking back, I, I must have been some pretty good ground for the word to sit in because the Bible talks about four kinds of ground. And so, amen, but I was teachable. I was willing to at least look at it and say, okay, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to humble myself. Amen. And that's not just one time. That's daily walking with him. You know, you read about Paul, you read about all these disciples. That One of their main main character traits was humility. Amen. Humbling themselves. Amen. Commitment. Somebody read Ruth 1, 16 through 18. And while you're going there, uh, the word commitment means to give yourself over to something, to someone, or etc., to be sold out or dedicated. Wow, what a level of commitment. Amen. Willing to walk away from her own family and make her mother-in-law the person that she's going to stay with and follow. And and your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. Amen. And that's one of the hardest things I think I had to do as a new Christian was walk away from my family that that didn't believe this way. And walk away from my friends that didn't believe this way. But it was such a powerful message that I I said, I've got to do this. You know, if you hate not your brother, your sister, your mother, your aunt, your uncle, even your own life for my sake, you cannot be my disciple. And that's a that's a hard scripture. That's a hard saying of Jesus Christ, as I would call it. Amen. But it's still true. Amen. And it's it's a tough road to hoe. But you got to do it. Amen. If I'm not... If I'm not willing to lay aside what other people think, even my family, for the sake of this gospel, amen, because it's it's all about I must be saved. Above all else, I must be saved. Amen. 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 Competence is the possession of of a required skill, knowledge, qualification, or capacity. Somebody read um, Exodus thirty-five twenty-five. 
Wow, so all the ladies that were good at sewing, what were they what were they sewing all this for? Anybody know? For the temple. So they were willing to take their talents and they didn't say, Well, <laughs> oh, you know, all I can do is sew. That that's not very much for the kingdom. It was then. Amen. Well, all I can do is whatever, fill in the blank. Well, that might not be a lot to you, but it might be exactly what God called you to do for the kingdom. Amen. To fill in a blank place in the kingdom. Amen. Or to take the burden and the load off of somebody that's running around doing five things and say, you know what? Here I am sitting here and they're running themselves ragged. Amen. Amen. And it's just an attitude that you have. Amen. The spirit of a servant. Amen. That's that's how she was with her mother-in-law. I'm not willing to leave you by yourself. I'll I'll vacate and go away from my family and follow you just so you won't have to be alone. And what happened? God blessed her for that. Amen. And I believe she ended up in the lineage of, Je- of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we we have to be willing to lay aside everything if need be for the kingdom. Courage the quality of mind and or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, cha- uh, danger, can't even read my own writing, uh, pain, etc., without fear, no timidity, discipline, and self-control. Uh, Joshua 1, 7 through 9. Somebody, please. Amen. He didn't ask them to have courage. It says he commanded them. Amen. And so we sometimes feel like we've that we God's just forgotten about us and we when we're going through stuff. Amen. And Israel had to go through some stuff. They had to fight some battles. They had some people that didn't like them. And God told them to go fight. And maybe they didn't want to fight, but they were commanded to do it. Amen. And we are fighting some battles. Amen. We're going to fight some battles until Jesus comes. We're going to be facing some stuff, no matter what it is, if it's at work, at home. And and the enemy's going to use people close to us, sometimes the most, to battle against us. Amen. Have you ever ever noticed that? (laughs) Sometimes it's the people that are closest to you that seems like you just want to look at them and go, get thee behind me, Satan. Hallelujah. Amen. Ever anybody ever felt that besides me, right? And all hands sort of went up. Amen. But there's some some people that just rub you the wrong way and you just think this is 
They can't be of God. Amen. But God can use a donkey to get your attention. Amen. And he can run, take a donkey and cause you to run up against the side of a rock wall to try to wake you up. And so you're going to go through some stuff sometimes that is totally of God. Because he's trying to mold you and make you and he's trying to turn up the heat and get the dross out of you so that he can purify you and make you like gold. And it's not going to be fun and you're not going to like it. Trust me. <laughs> Amen. And if you don't learn the lesson that he's trying to get you to learn, you get to go through it again until you learn the lesson. <laughs> Isn't it like that in life? Amen. If you keep my one son kept getting speeding tickets from the time he got his license. <laughs> Wasn't until about. Ten or twelve of them, he finally figured it out. <laughs> no amount of preaching I ever did to him made any difference. But one day, he just woke up and said, you know, i got to keep my foot off the gas. Especially when I'm driving by those guys with those blue lights. Right? How about just all the time so that you don't have to worry about when you drive? But I digress. Amen. And so we've got to have courage in this battle. We are in a battle. We are going to be fighting in a battle amen and so the traits and character of a soldier and i'm trying to hurry on till eight o'clock amen anybody notice anything there yeah a soldier has to be a guardian uh somebody read psalms 141 three through four i know it's not on that list right there <laughs> Psalms 141, verse 3 and 4. Amen. Amen. Is this all right tonight? Praise God. Yes, ma'am. Amen. We gotta guard this salvation. Once again, we gotta guard this thing. Amen. It's valuable. It's precious. It's like a pearl of great price that somebody went and and cleaned the entire the woman that went and cleaned her entire house and moved all the furniture out to find that one coin that was missing. And when she found it, she went and she went and she is she announced to everybody how wonderful it was, Amen. And and I know that seems trivial, but Back in the day, that was a one coin might have meant a whole week or a month's worth of, of food. And so it was exciting when she found it because then now she, you know, she wasn't going to be in trouble with her husband or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's probably not in there. Initiative. We got to have initiative. Second Timothy 2.15 says what? <laughs> Study. We're done to God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. And so we've got to have the initiative. Amen. I was talking about this earlier. You've got to take the initiative. I have to take the initiative. I can't just come home from work. I mean, I can, but 
I have to take the initiative and say, you know what, I've got to spend some time in the Word. I can't just sit here on my laurels and pop my feet up on the, on the stool and just say, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Amen. I can't be a procrastinator. Amen. I got to have the initiative. Amen. Somebody out there might be depending on me. Let me let me take that back. Somebody out there is depending on me to know what this word says. The Bible says, be ready to give an answer to every man for the hope that is in you. What is the hope that's in us? We're hoping for the coming, the return of the Lord so he can take us out of here. Amen. And so in all this, this salvation that we have, and so we've got to be, we've got to have enough knowledge and, and have enough uh, wisdom to know what to say when we're confronted with that individual that says, like they said to Peter on the day of Pentecost, what must I do to be saved? I've heard it all before. You know, when I came into this, uh, I had been raised Catholic, and I had been in several other denominational churches, and I had heard a lot of different variations of of what salvation was. And I got to a point for me where I was confused, and I told God one day, I'm confused. And somewhere in your book it says that you're not the author of confusion. So this was kind of how I talked to God. So unconfuse me, okay? And he did. And he led me to a place called Okinawa, Japan, and, and he led me to a church, and the rest is history. Amen. And so he answers prayer, and he'll lead you. And he didn't take me the straight route. He took me the roundabout route to get there and taught me a few things along the way and prepared me for what I was going to receive so that I would be ready to receive it. Amen. We got we to gotta be a, have judgment. Um. Joshua 24, 14 through 17. Trying to hurry on and get done here. Amen. And so we've got to judge righteously as people of Israel did. We've got to look at the whole picture and say, you know, God's never left me. He's never forsaken me. He He kept his word. He kept his promise when I went to the altar. He filled me with the Holy Ghost just like the book says. Amen. He's caused me to walk in newness of life. The old ways are passed away. Behold, all things are become new in my life. I'm walking different. I'm thinking different. I'm acting different. We've got to judge righteously. We've got to keep that judgment in our life. Amen. And it's all based on proper training. And we are getting some proper training in this place. 
Amen. I'm thankful for the good teaching and training that I, that I receive here. Obedience. Wow, that's like the the first rule when you, as soon as you get off the bus in boot camp. <laughs> Obedience. Amen. First Samuel 15:22 and 23. He was talking to Saul. Amen. If Saul would have just simply obeyed, they wouldn't have had that conversation right there. Amen. And so, and Saul tried to say, well, I'm sorry. And Samuel said, well, I'm sorry too, but the kingdom's being ripped from you today. And so we've got to be obedient. Amen. This word of God is here for our good. Amen. If it led us to an altar... It's not going to mislead us anywhere else in our life. Amen. We've got to make it just like taking a vitamin every day. It's something that you just make a part of your life. Amen. And after a while, it does. Like It's just like after you get through your training in the military. It just becomes second nature. And to some extent, I've, I've been out of the military since 1994, and it's still a lot of it's second nature. It still comes out. And I get people commenting all the time, and, and they'll say, you sound like you were in the military. Yeah, it it's just some things just, just sticks, amen, and that's the way it needs to be in our walk with God. It needs to be, you know, a part. it's who we are. It's who we are. Last one there, endurance. Job 23. Hmm, I believe that's right before Psalms. Mm-hmm. Amen. Endurance, the ability to bear pain, hardship, hurt, offense, etc. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 11. Job 23:11. Right? He's endured. Amen. Second Timothy two and three. Two verse three. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> Amen. Endure hardness. What's an endurance runner do? He endures hardness. Endurance runners run, what, 26 miles or more? Amen. And they just, they learn to push past the pain. Right? There's going to be some pain. you got to push past the tiredness. you got to push past all of that. And there comes a point when you're an endurance runner where you hit your second wind. And it's just like you have this, if you've never felt it, I have. It's like this sudden burst of energy and you're thinking, where did that come from? And you ask any endurance runner, you read about them, and that you'll find that they get this second, this sudden burst of energy about halfway through their run, and it's just like they could, 
run through a troop and leap over a wall. That's right. Amen. And so we've got to endure this thing. I mean, we've got to endure this. They that endure the, to the end, what does the Bible say? The same shall be saved. You've got to endure to the end. Amen. We can't give up. Can't lay it down. Amen. 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 So a true soldier of Christ, we must not allow ourselves to return our old nature or ways. We must daily prove our armor. Not just wear it, but you've got to prove it. To ensure that we are living and acting according to the rules of engagement outlined in God's Word. We, are, we must continue to examine ourselves. Everybody say examine ourselves. To ensure that we are in Christ and not following our own ways. We must learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. Hard to do. Not impossible, but hard to do. But the more you walk by faith and not by sight, the easier it gets. Amen. You begin to realize what, what's real and what's of the enemy. We must keep our flesh under control. Tough one. And not allow ourselves to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Thus, deceiving our own self. As a good soldier of Christ, we must not lose sight of whose we are. Who are whose are we? Jesus, that's right. And where we are and where we are headed and what Christ has chosen us to be, know, and do. He's got a path for each one of us. He's got certain things that you have to go through. The man believes that. There's going to be some stuff you're going to go through that... You're not going to get out of it if you're going to serve the Lord. And it might not be what you wanted. It might not be what you thought. It might not be what you like. You might think, why am I going through this? But you just have to go to that book and think, read, read about the Apostle Paul and all that he went through. He probably had the same questions, but he said, though he, you know, all those, though God went through all these things, what did Paul do? He kept his focus on the one he was serving. It's worth going through all this. It's worth going through all this. Because there's going to come a day in glory, amen, where he's going to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter ye in to the joy of the Lord. Let's all stand tonight. Praise God. I'm waiting for them to hit stop back there. As long as you hit the little square, it should stop it.